and Dan, what's up? How's it going? And our studio guest. Hi guys, I'm Laurie Camper from Ninth Wave. <coughs> Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And uh, tonight, as you can see, I'm taking over and I'm hosting. Um, we have changed another thing as well, which is the poll. So um, before we get into the poll for tonight, we are only going to tell you guys the results next week. So you've got the whole week to vote. And tonight's poll is, if I can find it we figured here. That, we figured that, you know, we have maybe 12, 15 people voting on the poll every week, eh? I think yeah. last week it was maybe yeah. nine. And that's a bit lame. So we rather run the poll on Facebook for the whole week. Because, you know, Facebook is the only place where we can do polls now. And then we'll give you results at the beginning of next week. Yeah, yeah. make you wait a little bit. And also, um, you guys can share it. And uh, obviously, like, share, should subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Sub, sub, sub. <laughs> <laughs> and so the poll for tonight, though, which is also part of our sort of topics for the night. And uh, you'll see as we get into the show um, what tonight's sort of uh, theme is. But the poll is... Have you found a job in the cannabis industry? And that includes support industries. So not necessarily selling weed, because we know it's illegal. <laughs> so the answers are yes, working with weed, living the dream. Or I'm trying, but haven't found my dream cannabis job yet. Or no, I'm waiting for it to be fully legalized, um, including THC. Obviously, that's what we do. <laughs> So, go vote on Facebook, visit uh, the Fields of Green for All page, or the Ducker Couple page, and you'll be able to enter your things. Then, uh, tonight, I actually haven't even lit a joint, we haven't even been smoking, and it's a hot box show and there's I no hot boxing. I think so, so, we've got Dan with the Dank Cam, Lank Dank. So, Tell before we jump into that, what do, have you got your job with, have you, what, what's your answer to this poll, what, what is your... What are you? Mm. Where are you in the scale? I'm totally living my dream. You know, it's actually really funny how um, quite a few years ago, I watched a video about like finding your purpose and finding, and it was such a simple exercise, and I might sound really stupid now, but um, they said sit down and just start writing. Like from when you were a kid, oh, I wanted to be a dancer, a doctor, or whatever, and just start writing all these things. And the one that makes you start like tearing up or crying when you think about it or f makes you feel something. And I think it was at the start of when I sort of started working with Fields of Green and I'd written there something to do with cannabis. And I got that little and, mm. you know, now, um, yeah, I think I'm in the perfect place and space within my also support industry of being, you know, um, the website of stuff and as well as Fields of Green. Living the dream. What do yeah. you think? You living the dream. Me. Yeah, yeah, I live it a lot. I do it all day, every day. Yeah, well, you know, Jules and I always used to call ourselves the the reluctant activists and the ordinary criminals. Um, so we were just really ordinary stoners until we got arrested, and we never thought that cannabis would become this much of like a big thing. So how would I vote in the poll? I think I would say that um, living the dream. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, Laurie? Yeah, I, I kind of started as soon as lockdown started, the day lockdown started. I come from the advertising industry, and the day lockdown started, I closed my agency. and focused. So not the dream job. <laughs> it started out rough, but it's, it's, I'm loving what I'm doing right now. I get to work with a lot of incredible individuals, uh, not only through the Chiba Academy, but also you know just people reaching out to me because yeah. of the recruitment. And it's awesome. I'm really trying to help people get to where they need to be. And we have to build a good foundation. So, yeah, I'm definitely living the dream. And, I mean, <laughs> this is, you're the man to speak to about, you know, the, the sort yeah. of bigger recruitment industry. So, if yeah. you're not, and you're voting that, um, no, I'm trying, but I haven't found it yet, then we'll get more into it later. But uh, mm-hmm. Laurie is definitely the guy to speak to. So, Dan. Yes. What are we smoking tonight? Well, we've, uh, we've actually got some really, really, really nice goodies on the table tonight. And there you go. Oh, little We're not just smoking on some good weed tonight. We're also chowing some really cool edibles. There's these nice gummy bears that have been made. As you can see, they're all lined up there with Hashman and with some of the dank. Um, just for size. Just for size, just to, just to show you. They come, a, they come a dozen in a packet. Dozen uh, in a two packet. Milligrams. Two milligrams. Two milligrams per? Each. Yeah, so then there's yeah. so it's 24 milligrams in a bag. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to test them out just now to see how they taste like. I can, tell you where, I can tell you a little bit of story about yes, them because us. our friend um, for, uh, Alistair is up from Durban visiting us for a few days here at the Jazz Farm and he's just given uh, these to us as a gift. And I'm sure he's going to be breezing in soon to be in the audience. Um, and he says that there'd be these particular little gummies. They're only two milligram each. So they're nice little munchy munchy throughout the day if you're at the office and you're really bored. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they come in three different flavors. Uh, these are cherry, cola, and nachi. And, um, and yeah, of course, Hashman is always king. He's king. He's always at the center of everything there. But I think that's a really nice idea. And both Robin and I tried some of them, and they're completely delicious. I could just eat the whole packet. So 24 milligrams in the packet of 12. Well, you could eat all of them. So we've got gummies. We've got some nice little nugs of some bird also, which was donated to us by... Frostland. Fellow Frostland people. Yeah. <laughs> That's Chem Dog. Which ones? This is, this is Chem Dog. Yeah. Chem Dog, yeah. And then these, there's no name. I think these are. Which ones are. Uh, mine is in the bag. Oh, yes. Yeah. And there's some here in the bag. <laughs> That's oh. what Robin grew because we always ask people this is to some bring. Homegrown. So this is some Variety. indoor. It's my first. Um, it was my first indoor grow, and I've got a, a vlog that I'm still editing, but it oh, is actually coming out soon. Cool. Um, the seeds are green smoke room seeds, and it is the blueberry blazed. Blueberry and blazed. I think it tested at. I think this is the one that tested at like 14% THC okay, cool. on the gem assert. Awesome. So shout out to Green Smoke Room, and I know that they've also got a 20% sale going on at the moment so is it oh, yeah okay. very cool if you want to get yourself some really nice to grow um indica dominant but yeah that was actually the most stable of the sort of different ones that i did grow from them in the room because i tried to do a couple more <laughs> than just one type i couldn't just pick one you'll try the next other ones another time i'm sure no next time i'm doing one strain and it's the strawberry banana cheesecake Ooh, look at yeah this stuff. we got some oh look at that so this is some Upside rosin, nice, Ooh. what flavor was this? Was it what? I think it's wedding cake. Wedding cake rosin. Oh. And I must say that the smell on this rosin is absolutely phenomenal. It is. I just want to also put it out there that that was made by a 20 year old. 
Mm. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. I think that's one of the nice thing about solventless extracts. Yes. And um, for those of you that are new to the Hotbox show, uh, this is a concentrate that is made by pushing, uh, squeezing the the buds between two very very um, hot heavy plates, and then that that extracts the oil, and we call that. Uh, rosin and the machine is called a rosin press yeah. and uh, in previous episodes of the hot box show we've had a rosin press on set and we've pressed some rosin and smoked it and and all of that but I think that I'm not gonna mm, I think Lori how's about rolling us something yes, but I think I'm gonna have a dab and we've also promised ourselves that we are going to do a beginner's guide to dabbing on the yes. show sometime soon. So if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed, like what is this concentrates and what is dabbing and everything, coming soon to a hot box near you will be a special on, on dabbing so that we can explain it to you. Yeah, it's the blowtorch. I think, at least for me, it was always the blowtorch in that. that Everyone thinks scary. the blowtorch is the dirty part. <laughs> yeah. It makes it look, look sturdy, but it's actually yeah. not. It's far from it. Right. Keep calm. It's only a blowtorch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, but then you smoke, it looks like you're smoking crack. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, fuck. So, they... so, but we've got an e-nail here. So yeah. this is basically the electric version of a blowtorch. So normally you would have this nail here, which can be quartz glass or it can be titanium metal. And this um, little element here is heating it up, but sometimes you would have a blowtorch and you'd go, and you'd heat it up like that, and then you'd dab it to vaporize the concentrate. Maybe so, uh, we can also teach you how to make creme brulee in case, you know, the like family member that doesn't know you smoke finds your blowtorch and wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, if you've got a good creme brulee yeah. recipe, uh, right? The, the day lockdown started, I was standing in Wilder's warehouse with three canisters, those large canisters, <laughs> and like the people were looking at me like, what's going on? I'm like, you never know. You just you never know. <laughs> Could be, be uh, hungry. Meanwhile. <laughs> so, um, Dan, tell us also, you're wearing a, a lovely cap, and I think Michael yes. was going to bring up uh, a Fields of Green update. Uh, my cap fits really cool. It's nice. It fits really well. Nice trunk cap. Hello. Yeah. Yes, I got sport with this today, so I'm going to wear this. Yeah, how cool is that cap? And it looks really nice with yeah. the white mm -hmm. against the black background there. And it is a proper uh, U-flex, which I don't know. The boys all know what that means because us girls are a It's still got the sticker on the previous. Yeah, so that'll be coming off. No, it's not. of authenticity. Really, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. You do not wear your fucking label that you ordered from on while you wear the clothes. Well, I think maybe the type of cap label that it is is quite cool. At least it's not the size or the. You know, mm. like XL on your T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sizing that, right. So, at, uh, if those of you that were watching the Hotbox show last week, you would have you would have remembered that Keith was our presenter, and he's also our, our Fields of Green designer and significant other of our beautiful presenter oh. today. And um, it's thanks to Keith that he's come up with these incredibly funky caps, and we're... We're trying to evolve the Fields of Green merch um, as we go along. Uh, at the moment, we are a bit broke, so it's a bit difficult to get a whole lot of uh, stock in. Yeah. So we've struck up a deal with Merch On Demand. So on our website, you will see that there's certain items which are including the caps. There are a few in stock, but you can also order them, and they'll make them specially for you and get them to you. 
uh, as soon as they can. Within so, seven to ten working days, that's it. Yeah, so that's not bad. And, you know, these are always going to be a limited edition, <coughs> um, really high-quality item, just like our socks. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself because next week um, yes. we're going we're gonna to tell you all about the Fields of Green for All merchandise. But thanks to Keith for the caps. That's yeah, like, <coughs> high yeah. five on that one, Brew. Yep. And you can get them on merchondemand.co.za or you can go to the Fields of Green for All forward slash uh, shop, I think it is. And then, shop, yeah. Uh, or online shop. <laughs> <laughs> I think both of them go to the same place. Yeah. <laughs> So Fields of Green, we've been plodding along this week and um, we have got a few um, a few upcoming drug policy events. Next week is um, uh, World Drug Report Day and we'll be reporting about that on, um, on our social media pages. I think that it's uh, very important to always stay in touch with what everybody's doing around the world. Yeah. On Saturday is our annual Support Don't Punish Day and Fields of Green always joins into this. We sign on to, to their campaign. It is part of the IDPC, which is the International Drug Policy Consortium, and they have this day to unite people um, in, in our cause for support, don't punish. Now, it's really interesting, this phrase, support, don't punish, because I think as, as cannabis um, users, uh, traders, and cultivators, we don't we need support from the law and we need support by, from, from the government to keep the police away from us and all of that. It's not necessarily something that, that has got to do with a substance abuse uh, issue, you know. So support don't punish might be uh, misconstrued as, you know, we all need help, you know. Yeah. But we, we don't always need help in the way that they think we need help. So we always say in our little disclaimer when we send in our, our support every year to this campaign, we always say, yes, we need support from legalization and fair, um, and fair regulations for all people all over the world when it comes to cannabis. But I think when it comes to general substance use disorders, we found dreadful things happening in South Africa, like them closing down the needle exchange program in KZN. It's still not up and running again. And the mayor who closed it down is still up for fraud in the courts and, what, and whatnot. So we always stand in solidarity of our, um, our drug policy friends and the huge, huge, big uh, hurdles that they have to jump across. So on, um, on Saturday, you'll see on our Facebook pages and our Instagram and whatnot that we'll be sharing the support Don't Punish stuff. So during Saturday, just uh, give a thought to all of those drug policy warriors around the world. And then speaking about drug policy and terrible drug policy, we um, came across this newspaper article this week from the Rosebank Kilani Gazette, which is a Caxton's publication. So it's a small sort of suburban newspaper. You get them all over South Africa. And this particular newspaper article was all about Dacher dealers in Rosebank. Are enough efforts being made to get Dacher off the streets of Rosebank? Now... <coughs> Back we go again to support yeah. Don't Punish, you know. We've said in our manifesto and we've said over and over again for the last 10 years that support Don't Punish. Why, why are those traders, why do they have to get off of the street? Why don't we support them that there's regulation so that they can also continue to, to sell their bags of weed? And my big question always is, who are the customers? Who are the customers in Rosebank? Huh? 
It yeah. was me. Who's the customers? <laughs> it was me. Yeah. Firebrand, Rosebank, jo- Rosebank Joins, like Amy in the back there. Yeah, Firebrand, <laughs> Rosebank Joins. What's the point of mentioning a lady Pre-rolls. in the car with a toddler in the back seat? Me I know. Like, exactly. Do, do we point yeah. out ladies with toddlers in the back seat who stop at the bottle store every day with <laughs> yeah. a bottle of wine? Exactly. So that they don't murder their children. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank Sorry, you, Joe. The voice from the so, corner, I suppose. Uh, if any of those um, people who are trading um Dacher on the streets in Rosebank are perhaps watching the show or you perhaps know of any of those traders in Rosebank just send a message from us that we are there for you you can always call our Dacher arrest support helpline Charles will chat to you if something happens to you and if those dreadful Rosebank and Parkview and surrounds police get a hold of you we are there to support you and always know that doesn't matter how many cannabis webinars there are in South Africa. You can have 57 webinars yeah. a week. And I promise you, they don't talk about the guy who sells the matchbox on the corner. Yeah, and that really upsets me. And then we get this stupid, ignorant reporting here, which gives all journalism in South Africa a really bad name. Um, we've got to get the Dacha dealers off the streets. No, no. We've got, what about... What about all of these Dacha seminars that we're having to watch mm. day in and day out? Yeah. You know? Who's helping them to legitimize their business? Who's helping them yeah. to oh, yeah. get some a, a rent exactly. a shop or market exactly. their business or yeah. build They're a website? Or, no, nothing. Um, yeah. What about, you know, like the lady who had all the dog beds in Robin Park? Stolen. Yes, that's another one. That's The police went and confiscated all of her stuff, but people banded together and Mm. someone has offered to build a website and Mm. someone has offered to. So I think um, it is. It's important and we will keep saying these things. It's very important and I think that also when it comes to Dhaka private clubs. um, I said this on a a webinar that I was um, tuned into yesterday, Mm. is that uh, we are fully in support of the Hayes Club. We are fully supportive there. We're getting behind them in every single possible way. And I believe that Neil from the Hayes Club is planning to start a podcast. And he's going to be be interviewing interesting people in the cannabis space all around South Africa. So we're looking really forward to collaborating with him in that. You know, he's got some time. His case has been postponed to September. So, So we really feel for him. But, Neil, we love you, but the Hayes Club case is elitist. Because... Um, on also yesterday was the COOP, um, which is the University of Pretoria Cannabis Initiative that we are also very much part of, had a webinar all about Dacha private clubs or cannabis social clubs as they like to call them. Dacha private clubs, thank you very much. <laughs> and um, uh, I only tuned into bits and pieces and unfortunately Suresh couldn't join us tonight because he's got no electricity at home. Or, so I can't say from first-hand experience, but I know that they did not talk about setting up a Dacha private club in an informal settlement that's run on an exercise book or a Nokia N10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that that's why we are very interested in the Hayes Club case, is because we want Dacha private clubs in the informal settlements, mm-hmm. just the way that you can have a Shabin in an informal settlement. So um, that is really going to be our shift of focus when it comes to the clubs. And also we're going to be making our... Um, the sort of 80% of our information on the clubs open source very soon, probably 
um, by the middle to the to the end of July, and then there will of course be some proprietary information that is a that will be accessible to the members of the Green Network and our affiliates, um, because these people donate to us every single month. So whoop, shout out to TGN and their affiliates, but uh, so we need to give them some of our hard work that's exclusive for them. So that was the one webinar that we uh, tuned into into yesterday, and I'm sure Suresh will be sharing that on social media, the recording of that. And then another one that I tuned into was the Greenhouse Project. This is um, uh, not really a, a department of, of Schindler's, this is a whole new company, but at the helm are Paul Michael Keichel and Andrew Laurie from Schindler's. So they, they uh, Paul Michael emceed the um, this webinar yesterday and he spoke about uh, Dacha and the law as it stands right now because you know you can't repeat the stuff enough no. so we actually shared that uh, that webinar this morning so you can find it on our social media and I would highly highly recommend that you watch at least the, just those two speakers it was an hour and hour mm. and a half long so I found that you can't you really can't get this message home enough of how illegal it is to run a cannabis social club, you it's know, still it's illegal. not proved in law in law yet. You have, have to be willing. On Facebook, to, if I may. Yeah. Yes. Um, Neil has asked, is there some kind of an organisation that the clubs operate under where one can get information regarding how to legally start a club? Right. So you can get hold of us at Fields of Green for All, okay? Uh, and we, at the moment, uh, we're just busy sorting out all of our club information into a like succinct package. And um, as I said, you'll know on social media as soon as that is ready, it'll be open source and in the Green Network. And, um, you know, we have our frequently asked questions on our website, which Charles is in charge of. You can always go and see all the club questions there. You can read, about, read our blog articles. You can call Charles on our um, on our uh, line on our helpline which is on the website you can whatsapp Charles you know there's lots of ways of getting hold of us but I would say go and read those FAQs mm. first yeah, because yeah. we answer all of these questions over and over and over again it's just fields of green for all dot org dot za forward slash FAQ so that was the webinar. There were also two other people as uh, speakers. Um, uh, uh, Declan, sorry, I can't remember your surname, uh, and, um, and Pierre van der Hoeven, but they were speaking mainly about medicine licenses and, and businesses. Uh, so I think that the business people can really look after themselves, but Fields of Green for All is here for everybody from the dude with the matchbox to the person in the small town wanting a club. And I just want to... Put it out there that you can open a club on your own. Yes. You don't have to sign up to any network. You don't have to sign up to any business or franchise, franchise. or somebody who's going to sell you all the papers. No you really don't need to do that. You need to keep it small. You need to look after your friends. You need to look after your community. And uh, that is really the golden rule. Uh, and you clubs. need to know your rights. You need to yep. yeah. be informed. There's, and we do. We have so much free information already on the website. And as Myrtle said, we are going to be um, putting a whole bunch more of that forward. So I think that's... Also, 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 yes. also, keep it private. Yes, keep oh. it private. Keep it private. You don't need to advertise. No one needs to know. Well, not that no one needs to know about it, but you don't need to 
to advertise about it. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. your close group of friends, get them yeah. signed up properly, legitimately, yeah. and let them say to them, right, you can bring one person each, and that's yeah. how the system works. And it's such yes. a natural flow, because good stoners bring good stoners. It will like, work. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it yeah. works. If you if I tell you, hey, man, I've joined this cool club, but the thing is, you have to be very loyal, yeah. blah, 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 it works. The guys yeah, like, dude, I want to be there, I want to come yeah. and see, I want to know what's happening. Because yeah. no one that's, no one's, well not no one, yeah. a lot less people have experienced in South Africa compared to like if you go to yeah. Amsterdam, it's a thing to do, it's very you, open. You know, you yeah. know, you walk inside that store, yeah. it's gonna, you're going to experience that, that smell, that, that amazing feeling <coughs> you get when you walk into a club. It's now like that here, it's exactly. awesome. You walk into a club and you immediately feel that feeling of, yeah. it's like the door closes behind you and you kind of, Feels like your house. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you're at home. Exactly. Exactly. You feel no one looks at you at like indifferent. Exactly. Just like them, smoke, chill, relax. And you start to know everyone so well that no one wants to mess up a good thing. You know what I mean? The community is so small. You know every person that walks through. They're not a member number. There's someone with a story. Yeah. And someone that you've chilled with at a, on an odd Wednesday when you walk. I love that. The you know, there's also some games. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this and is a good point, and um, actually, that Dan brought up, and I think it also. Thank you, Mertz. Did you have anything else for the Fields of Green oh. update before we get to our studio again? No, except that. Uh, the um, so we had the Coop webinar, and, and we have the the. Um, the green uh, greenhouse project webinar, and then there's there was one cheaper webinar that in association with Gibbs, the Gordon Institute of Business Science, and there's one that tonight. was today. And there's one tonight that we're going to um, hopefully finish the show in time to watch uh, the cheaper webinar on Larry. What's the title again? It's on African cannabis. African cannabis, and they've got various people from around Africa, so we're certainly going to tune into that. And then we also have um, a government <coughs> webinar that happened oh, yesterday yes. with the Gauteng government, but I'm not going to say anything about that because we're going to get shawled a little bit later. Just now, Perfect. yeah. So um, to get back to that point, which I wanted to hold on to, I've tried to not smoke too much weed, so I think everyone else get a hot box so I can hold on to this. Um, but I thought it actually led quite nicely into Laurie and to our studio guest, which was, and it's a point that I made at the manifesto launch as well, about there's enough within your local community group already. I think we have this opportunity to um, do things differently, do business differently. You know, this whole money, 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 corporate, it's not actually beneficial to our community. And I think where the cannabis industry is now, everyone is focused on medical and, you know, growing and these jobs these touching the plant jobs, touching hands everywhere, <laughs> presents training. Uh, <laughs> like, share, subscribe. You are watching the Hotbox Show. So I think that that leads nicely into what Laurie does and what he's pushing with your uh, recruitment company, Ninth Wave, yeah. ninthwave.co.za. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and how you know you're also pushing the support industries and yeah, sure. making the circle bigger? Firstly, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it's actually quite funny. I was telling Rachel the first time I walked through here was in 2010, 2010, 2011, and here we are, 10 years later, me actually being on the show. So thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I originally come from the advertising industry, um, but behind the scenes, Myrtles now. I've, I've worked with a bunch of brands and you know been involved in the scene for quite some time. And then uh, when lockdown started, I didn't want to go into the advertising thing anymore and I sat back and I kind of did a little bit of research and kind of saw where there were gaps in the international market. I use, okay. uh, use mjbizdandy.com as a great reference because they okay. put out an article every uh, a magazine every month okay. that kind of you know talks about international news and everything and I went through the last six months worth of articles way back when um, 
and I kind of saw there was an, a huge need for ancillary services, like yes, business services, because exactly. people tend to forget that cannabis on a large scale on a, on a, um, is a business, essentially, which doesn't only require growers and extractors, you need security, logistics, all the, everything you need to make this clock run. And um, yeah, we basically pivoted into a recruitment company where I would like to work with guys who want to put up facilities. I know it's still early days, but I have to get a database ready for when these guys come knocking, we can use local people. That for me was incredibly important because the Americans, the Canadians, the Germans, they all see the potential here in South Africa. And if they do ever rock up, one of two things needs to happen. One, we already have to set up shop. And two, if they do set up shop, they use our people at our standards yeah. and at our, our rates, essentially. Because if they come in and say it's X amount, we need to have a family to say, no, where you are now, we pay X. Have and the that power. was, yeah, and, and for me it's very important. We don't want minimum wage. Exactly. No, and, no. and my whole thing is if the guy who's the head grower is getting lowballed, everyone else in that facility by proxy is getting lowballed. And it's, it's such a horrible standard because in, just in the time that I've, I've put 9th wave into the cannabis. Um, um, Community. Community. It's been absolutely <laughs> overwhelming how many people have reached back to me and it's been great to see different levels of guys who are 22, 23 who have actually done a lot. Imagine those guys get fostered in a great system where where would they be by the time they're 30? Yeah. You understand? If they get on the ground experience now in a proper facility that's run mm -hmm. to good standards and good working conditions, yeah. we could produce serious geniuses by the time they're 30, 35. Well, I mean, you said the dad was what, by a 20? Yeah, 20 year old. And this, it's just yeah. a perfect example. And I meet a lot of these guys in the social clubs as well, from young to old, that won a part in this game, but they never knew how to get in. Mm. So for me, it's more about the everyday person sending their CV. I don't only need okay. girls and extractors. So please, I need to emphasize that. So like, right, this camera. send your CV. Accountants. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Designers. Accountants, photographers, Please. Um, you know, any kind of. It's called the union. What? What <laughs> yeah. is the, union. the social media most? Sorry. I was going to say, what is the most popular job um, that you've sort of come across so far? So, currently, currently in, in supply as well as in demand. I have a, I have a lot of. Uh, I got a lot of traction from guys who are cultivators, but they don't have the necessary experience to be a head grower. Okay. You understand? And that's what I also want to emphasize. If all these facilities are only looking for master growers, where does that leave the guys that have the backyard or the black market yes. experience and just need that two years to, you know, just flip to the other side? Yeah. If they because everyone, I've, I've spoken to many people <laughs> that want to start facilities and they say they need their head grower to be 40 plus. And I'm like, that's like finding a unicorn between the donkeys. Like, I'm not going to be funny about it, but we love unicorns. We love unicorns, but the whole model needs to change. They need to take those guys and put them more in a consultancy role than an employment role. Okay. They need to come into facilities and train guys who have five, six, seven, eight years experience and manage them. Yes. And for the first three months, six months, yeah. until they dialed in. Because that's how we're going to create the next generation. Because a lot of the growers now that really know their stuff are either black market and don't want to show their face, mm -hmm. or they already have a gig and they're happy. You understand? Whether that's commercial or black market. But if we're not going to craft that next level of, of growers... Unregulated market. Unregulated market, excuse me. Um, we're not going to have the skill sets that we need in the next three, four, five years when these guys, when the market really opens up, hopefully. So currently I've been getting a lot of growers CVs, but I'm looking for more. I know there's a lot of cannabis brands also popping up that need proper marketing. And I, that was my first gripe because I, when Knockdown started, I was like, maybe I could get a job in marketing. And I looked around and 
There was nothing. Well, I think they can start with their name. We're so sick of Kenna. This Kenna. This Kenna Swift. And I want to say this right now. Be a bit more original. And please, I want to say this right now. The term master grower doesn't exist. In no other industry, I actually had a guy from the agriculture industry, shout out to Philip, who basically said, do you have a master watermelon grower? Yeah. You have a master yeah. cabbage grower. Why are we so special? It's a self-appointed title. It's called a farmer. You know what I mean? It's called a farmer. Yeah, so a, a, 20, a young 20-something guy asked me, what can I do to be a master grower? I was like, age 15 years. You understand? Yeah. These kids yeah. really yeah. think they're going to expedite their knowledge. And what they're, what they're not understanding is the level of... of meticulousness and work yeah. ethic you need to work in those facilities, it is a blessing that the market hasn't developed yet. Because then these guys are going to be thrown into the deep end and not be able to yeah. cope. Well, it's like any corporate, and this is also like the support industries, which is what we were saying, is that you have to treat, and all these businesses coming out, you have to actually treat it as a proper business. You know, don't, yes, you can do your logo in Word or Paint or whatever, but if you want to invest, and you know what, if you don't have the money, you will find someone that will work within your budget. 100%. But, you know, pick and choose what you can and can't do, and... Um, and also, I think, like, manage your, your expectations. I'll never forget one of the biggest uh, facilities we'd seen at that time was in Montreal in, in Canada. And um, we'd always go and find the dude who was sweeping the floor and say, hey, you know, how's it working here? And what's your name? And whatever. And the guys who were working, I suppose there were maybe five or six young blokes. And the, the owner of the facility had told us that his biggest problem was staff. You know, mm. and I went to go have a cigarette outside, and there was some of the oaks having a cigarette. So I said, "Oh, what's like working here?" They said, "Setting timers, moving pots, filling nutrients. Setting timers, filling pots, <laughs> filling nutrients." It's yeah, yeah. And I think that you've got to be prepared to do that, and you've got to be prepared to have that kind of person who doesn't mind that repetitive thing that has to happen. Mm. There has to be a cycle 100%. on master the cultivation chef. side. 100%. On the cultivation If you side. want to be a master chef, you're going to yeah. chop a lot of carrots and polish <laughs> yeah. a lot of carrots. No, I, think, yeah. I think there's a complete misperception because you see these Instagram photos of these large-scale facilities and it's the perfect example of everyone loves the sausage but no one knows how it's made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually was saying to this Canadian guy and he told me, the way I engage my growers, I look at their Instagram following and I times it by five. And that number is the amount of cones that they need to move in a day. If they can't do it, then they don't exactly. have it. Yeah. He says those guys literally bend over and cry because their back is so knackered from just bending down the whole day. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's like slave labor, but if you're working in a large cell facility, it yeah. re requires that amount of, of labor. Input. We've come across facilities where they only pay you once your clone takes. You've got to be so good at taking clones yeah. and have such a good, meticulous working style that you have your tray of clones that you put in for rooting, and if they don't root, you don't get paid. 100%. You know, and I think that it's good for for a lot of people, particularly those 20-year-olds, to go through that. 100%. And yeah. what I'm looking to do is not necessarily only work with top-level facilities. I'm a I believe that artisanal cannabis has to play a major role in South Africa. Yes. Guys who don't want to grow for a facility and want to grow for yeah. social clubs or private clubs to a scale of, let's say, 250 plants to 1,005. Now, that's a very nice jump from a backyard grow where you did 40 plants yeah. to 100 to 1,500. And then you and don't then want to go, you don't want to go to a lab after that no. because then you're working outside most of the time or whatever with the lab, you, with the indoor facility, you're inside, lights, lights, hurts your eyes. But it also, the, the bit of a you know, side angle is these guys that, you know, that you want to bring into the, 
into this industry that have now got this backyard experience that are mm -hmm. growing their own plants that are making money for themselves that are earning a salary of their own cannabis grown and I'm just being devil's advocate of course yeah. you have to be for them to step over to a person and say right you are my boss now yeah you've taken my passion yeah. and now made it now into a job mm -hmm. yeah you make me do certain things clones if they don't fruit i'm screwed yeah, yeah. it changes the perspective yeah, it like yeah, really it, does because mm -hmm. i've just i know from people they say because i've tried to do it in my game in what i do i try to recruit guys also and to find the people and say listen come do what i need you to grow this does these guys want to like employ you mm -hmm. like dude these guys can't can't afford me no i want 60 yeah. 70 80,000 rand a month and you're like what they're like oh, of course yeah. And that's the kind of yeah. level. So I'm picking up advocates. So no, no. So what it means is the people that want to get into this game in this world, they must bring the expectations right down. Yes. You're no yeah. longer on the black market, and if you're going to be growing and working in this industry, mm. you have to become a farmer. You're a yeah. labor hand farmer that does yeah. monotonous work until you step up a level where you become a bit more of an overseer and oh, have a bit more of a say, or you are better at what you do. And yeah. the only way you can be better at what you do is if you level up, dude. Level yeah. up, level up, level up, level up, up, level up, up to become. Start young, up, and exactly, and to be able to earn that money. To become a master grower, get twenty years proven the, experience. Well, this is where the, this is where they're saying with the, the years experience, because if you take any farmer, any farm in any industry, they're not going to say, "Cool, I'll take that young chap there because he's a passion and a year's worth of experience." Like, no ways. He has good legs. I want ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I want ten years experience so the dude that can make sure my crops grow. Yeah. I'm not going to put the guy responsible of the plants that doesn't actually yeah. grow. 10,000 plants already. You can grow ganja in your, in your garage that really sells yep. at like the top price in the street. I think Listen, that the buddy, boss, there's a change. The boss, the owner of the place, should be the master grower. Well, a master grower well, is... Well, you it, can't be the it, boss if you haven't done it no, yourself. Can I, no, yeah. Yeah, can I tell you why I think, also think but, that's important? Because a head grower can lie to a facility manager so quickly if he doesn't well, actually understand... If he doesn't know the, exactly. If he doesn't know what the plant, uh, how the plant well, works. That's it, but that's like any yeah. industry. You need to be able, if you're going yeah. to be managing employees and people, you need to understand yeah. enough about what is going on there in order to be able to yeah, Well, a master grower never it. touches the plant. Quite so, yeah. yeah. simple. Yeah. Like, if you think you're going to walk in and be like, I'm a master grower, and you actually never say it, well not a say, but like a actual physical hands on the plants every day, you choke yeah. dude. That's so not your job anymore. Not like your job anymore. An executive chef. You are Same the top thing. and you have to yeah. oversee everyone's doing their job and they get yeah. to have the fun. You lose yeah. your you, you lose your passion. The passion. Yeah. yeah. But I was on But you also this. can you still have passion to grow. Like I'm not saying if you know you're growing and you become where you go work in the industry that you lose your passion. No. Please believe me it's not no. like that. But when you get thrown into a position where you're forced to do something and what a lot of what, I, what I've seen with some facilities is, is they'll have a head grower that also has to be in charge of the compliance. And I feel there's there has to be a discrepancy. Yeah. If you're walking into a facility, and this is what I'm trying to advocate, because you want that that head grower to, to live with those plants basically. He doesn't have to worry about paperwork and making sure yeah. that the transport logistics it dilutes his passion and his focus. So what I'm trying to advocate is that when you do set up a facility, that you have your head grower, but then you do have your responsible pharmacist and your compliance specialist that do the paperwork, that that guy can stay with the plants. But because I've walked into facilities where the head grower starts, and then four months later he's doing 10 hours of Excel work a day to make sure that the actual documents exactly. and everything fell yeah. out. So but I think if I, sorry, if I yeah. can interrupt, because yeah. we're getting quite into it. <laughs> so yeah. Just to get back so to your original question, so <laughs> I focus on facilities, I want to work with people who want to recruit yeah. capable people within okay. the social club sphere, whether you're in a cooperative or yeah. as an individual, and I want to gear up towards the hemp industry. I, I'm steadily building a database of hemp specialists, more on the academic side, for people who want to make bespoke products. Some so, hemp cloth would be great, yeah. you can then maybe... Yeah, yeah. So I also would 
would like people to come with ideas with can ideas and say do I something need with that. Yeah, I need people to say I need this specialist, this specialist, yeah. this specialist. Well, I think, and that's the difference. And I think that you know what Dan touched on is you know there are always going to be people that want to be entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and then there are people that like the structure of having mm -hmm. a boss of going mm -hmm. to work nine to five. And I think that you know especially those type of people should reach out to you, Laurie, and, and thank you yeah. so much. And for the market for consultants is also us. very yes. important, especially for specialized services exactly. like extraction and all those kind of stuff. So, so yeah. we can get hold of you on Ninth Wave. And I'm sure links and everything will be there. And um, we've had someone waiting on the line, which is also part of what we were talking about, you know. And we're going to actually get some perspective now, like you guys were talking about managing expectations and speaking to Jason um, if he is uh, going to join us from California. Is that yeah. right? It just so happens that there. Jason is Dale's brother. Yes. So isn't it nice that we can have him on the show tonight? Yeah, and uh, like you guys were saying, not everything is so glorious under the ducker tree, eh? Yeah. Work can be tough. Work can be tough. There's pros and cons to everything. Exactly. Um, and we get to hear from Jay in a minute. What is he doing over there? So before we... He's living the trimming life, you see. So everyone's okay. talking about going to the States, earning good money on a little trim holiday. Trimigant. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what would you uh, trim for? Maybe that's a good poll question for another time. Mm. But yeah. uh, if you've done trimming, if you sort of uh, offer a trimming service to your friends, if you're the best trimmer, uh, I know I... Um, but, but you see, that's another field. Everyone's focusing on being the best growers and producing the nicest flower. There's a whole other sector looking for people who can process your flower and yes, then make yeah. it look pretty in a bag. You yeah, know? exactly. That's a whole exactly. Other, and train your trimmers yeah. and make sure that your trimmers don't spend the whole day out in the sun smoking weed and they actually do yeah. do the trimming. Yeah. And it's not it's not one for you, two for me, one for you, two yeah. for me, you know, all the little extra bits that... But uh, it really is an art trimming. Yeah. So no, do have we have any luck with... Yes. Ah, there we go. Just needs, to, yeah. Just needs to load. Hey. Jay, how's it? How are you doing, brother? Can you... Hello. Signal can you hear me? We can. Yeah, but yeah. can you hear you? Hello. Can you hear us? Maybe not. Okay, my signal's a bit bad, so I might go in and out. I can hear you. Perfect. I can see you. Cool. Go for it. Awesome, Dale. You so, want to... um, you don't have to give away your exact location, okay. but just tell us if you're living up to that American dream. Everyone, everyone's thinking about going over to the states for a good trimming job. Um, is it as easy as everyone says? <laughs> um, I mean, I can give you a subjective experience. It's not like the truth. I think it's different for everybody. Um, it's not what you think, man. It's 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 you live a life where, like, you're not showering too often. <laughs> you're living in a car or a tent. You're sleeping on the side of the road. Um, <clears throat> most of the work you get, uh, I came a bit early in the season, so I'm not doing, like, I trim every third job or something. And every other job would be transporting clones or a bit of watering, sowing, different things like that. I've painted people's houses. They just give you, like, all odd jobs and things like that. So um, you're a trimmer as but well if you're as... Come, <laughs> you need to be a little bit prepared. Do you already need to be an if expert you're come, when you go I, through? I, I, the only thing I could recommend to people if they're going to come 
What? Say again? So do you already need to be an expert when you go through? Is it something you can pick up easily? No, I mean, it's cutting leaves off a plant, bro. It's not... It's okay, well, well trimming-wise, what are the expectations? Um, like, how much do they expect you to be able to trim in a single session? <laughs> if you're doing less than a pound, they kind of get on your ass to do... Sorry, I don't know if I could say ass. You can. Yeah. Uh, they kind of get on your, on your back to do a little bit more. Um, most people a do day. a pound... And then you get some people that they've been here for six, seven years. Yeah, found a day in 12 hours. Yeah. So it's about 500 grams. Some people do three or four pounds. Yeah. 440. Wow. So what's your record for in 12 hours? It takes me 12, 12 hours. So, <laughs> I'm slow, slow as they come. I do... 12 hours a pound, maybe 1.2 pounds, that's like my max. But then I got a friend here from somewhere else, from the Philippines, and he he can do two in a day, like, easy. Wow, and then do you stop, so it all do depends. You can, can you even stop to have a wee or a I guess, my fingers, food. yeah. What's the, the highlight? The people that do a lot, they literally sit for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's the money like? Um, the, the max you'll get is about $150 a pound. Yeah. Uh, that's like the real, real small stuff, like where they want every little last piece. And then the bigger buds are real easy. You trim for about 100 a pound. They, they pay you like 10% of what they're going to sell the pound for. That's kind of where they're at. Okay, oh, so that's how they work it out. Hmm. And if yeah. you do manual labor, yeah. If, if you do manual labor, they pay between 15 and 20 bucks an hour, yeah. something like that. Much better. Sure. Yeah, it's still good like, money. I make, I make more money doing labor than, yeah. than yeah. trimming. <laughs> I think I'd rather paint slow. somebody's house than trim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite crazy be, like, how... Um, if you're going to trim, you got to be... Sorry, I was saying it's quite crazy how, you know, you're kind of, like we were saying, you know, living the trimming dream. Um, and then, you know, across the world and in another place, people are being arrested, murdered, things yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, is there any stigma still where you are in terms of what you do for, you know, money, uh, for a living? Um, I've been lucky that I've been on really nice farms. They're like old generational farms, so it's old families that are growing. But I've heard a lot of stories uh, personally from people that I'm working with where they've just gone to the wrong farm. And it's people that are, are pretty much gangsters, it's the only word I can really use. And they're just there for, for the money and they treat you absolutely terribly. You got no facilities, no toilets, no um, shower, no place to sleep, um, nothing. You work 12, 15 hours a day. Sometimes you work for a month and they don't pay you after the month. And there's nothing you can do because there's no police out here. You can't exactly tell them anything. It's like I'm self-governed, really. Uh -huh. 
there's a lot of police here. They all look after themselves. The farmers look after the other farmer. And uh, like you're in the mountains, they, if they want to do something to you, they really can. Yeah. They, no one will find you ever. You've seen it. So if something bad happens, I mean, you just leave. Do your best to leave. That's why I'm saying have a car because you're driving <laughs> two hours into the mountains sometimes. And if you want to leave and it's two hours away, you need a car. Um, wow. You need a car to sleep, you need a car to get away if anything happens, stuff like that. And most of the trimming jobs, it's like a, a, the triangle. I'm sure you guys know it. So it's not all in one place. All the farmers will come to a certain place to get stock and groceries and stuff. And then that's where they find their workers. But then you're going an hour or two away. And you've got wow. to come an hour or two back. So you need to be a little bit careful. And you can only tell a person by their demeanor and the way they look, um, if you pay attention. And then you just kind of, like they picking their workers, you should pick your farmer, basically. Definitely. You can tell who's not so nice. I mean, sometimes you get tricked, but just be aware. <laughs> I think being from South Africa, I think that's in, inbred in us. So I think South Africans would be fine. Some of the people who get caught out are normally like from countries where Maybe their life's a bit more um, soft, that's the wrong word, very wrong word. But like, yeah. uh, where, where, where things like this don't happen to them, then they get caught up. Then a bit then, naive, like, maybe. For and... us, um, some of the South American people, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For and... us and the South American people and that, we're pretty honest and we can kind of tell what to do. And also, I think that you need to be young because I am certainly yeah. far too old to do that thing. Yeah, I'm not going to go yeah. sleep in my car anymore. <laughs> Thank no. you very much. But so if you're young, go off you go to California. Yeah, yeah. No. Go. So this please is watch Murder Mountain. Bernie, oh, what's that? Before you go, please watch Murder Mountain. Hey, Dale. Murder Mountain. Nice jacket, bro. It's yours, actually. Jason, before, no, before we go, one last question. Um, what would you recommend for someone looking to come over there and do, you know, that? Um, would you recommend that you only do it if you actually know someone that can refer you and sort of show you the ropes? There's, there's no referral system because everyone's pretty secretive. So if you work on a place and you recommend someone, then you kind of gone out the door. They don't really enjoy that. Okay. So there's no referral. You just got to kind of come here and wing it. The only thing I could recommend is being a bit more prepared than what you think. Don't come here broke with no money because you, you sleep four, five, six days, you don't have work. And if you don't have money, I, I was here two weeks before I loaded up. Wow. Like sleeping on the side of the so road. Yeah, be prepared. Not oh, showering, no bathroom, no toilets. Yeah, so wow. you need, yeah. yeah, you need something. Most people who come, they buy like a minivan. They buy a minivan or like a station wagon or something and you put a mattress in the back. You have a car, you have somewhere to sleep. Um, and so have a car, have some money. completely broke. <laughs> expecting that in a week. Yeah, I don't think you're going to yeah, come back to South Africa and buy a house. So that yeah. you can survive until you get work. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Some people get very lucky with it. Yeah. yeah, the delay. Um, thank you very much for the insight, brother. Um, Dale, I like your jacket, bro. Yeah, I wish you well. <laughs> Keep working hard. We hope to see you back in South Africa. Just don't get too caught up.
Definitely. And then I think we're going to be moving on to... Um, Awesome. Thanks for the chat, Jason. Thanks, hey. Bye. Love to California. And then, Dale, I think, uh, did we have fun? <laughs> delay, delay, delay. <laughs> and we are delayed tonight. We apologize, guys. Hopefully that, uh, or yeah, you just, uh, we've got a few more topics. Uh, we were, had a couple of CBD and N tonight. So, Dale, you wanted to tell us about... Twenty twenty one feels like a year riding in the crest of the green wave, the start of the cannot work era when people, companies and governments finally and overwhelmingly recognize the healing properties of cannabis. Um, as far as in some countries people are even expunging their, their cases where people have been sent to prison and wasted many years of their life. Um, so that's good news. But on the other hand, there are many, many countries despite this awakening, um, that are 420 unfriendly. <laughs> Quite <laughs> uh, drastic. Yeah, very unfriendly much so. is a very oh, nice yeah. So yes. if you've caught in the position of cannabis, there are usually death sentences involved to those um, with the sales and distribution. They, they don't see cannabis as a separate drug to anything else. It's all the same. No matter what drug you get caught with, it's the death sentence. Oops. Sure. Wow. 35 countries have made this list, including Pakistan, Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Burma, Malaysia, Singapore, Egypt, China, Iran, and India. Yeah. What I find yeah, funny is, is this is where this is where some of the best genetics actually yeah. come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And isn't it ironic that that uh, Jay was just talking about his friend from the Philippines? Mm. Right. So there's this guy sitting in Cal in California trimming away his two pounds a day or whatever and probably sending most of that money home, mm -hmm. you know, not living in the local mm -hmm. hotel for sure. Mm -hmm. And back home it's their death penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's majority the Asian countries and Southeast um, countries, I and suppose. Middle East. Middle East, and yeah, Middle as well. East. You got, yeah. You've got the top of Africa, so Egypt or... Your Arabian countries. You don't get caught in, in, yeah. in Dubai or yeah. anywhere no. with any kind of cannabis. I've no. there's stories of oaks that have flown through Dubai from Amsterdam, for instance. Yeah. And the guy had smoked cannabis, and they were like, "Right, we're testing you," and he was tested positive, and he was held, and he was yeah. charged, and yeah. he was he did years or something. Yeah, was yeah there was cool. a there was a DJ, it was a trans DJ. They found some pips in his luggage because they also found yeah. the smell, and they searched through in, the van um, to In Egypt. Just, uh, in 2013, there was a British citizen that was arrested um, for smuggling cannabis, and he was sentenced to death. Now, that's only eight years ago. Uh, sorry, you said a yeah. British citizen. A British citizen, yes. Uh, but how, surely the, I mean, as a British citizen, you would be... <laughs> Where was that? In, in Egypt. In Egypt? Yeah. No okay. ways. Yeah, that's no. a yeah. tough no ways. Yeah. You give away... With drugs, when you enter another country with it's drugs, and they are... You're smuggling, they think yeah. you're smuggling, they say you are trying to smuggle, you are screwed. Yeah. You are no, no, so especially the ones that yeah. are hard on you. There's no... <laughs> I've watched enough border yeah. security to know this. Yeah. <laughs> to think I went through an airport with a like, banky in my workbook, of all things, to East London, and I had no idea it was in there, and I literally, I took my laptop bag out, I put it on the scanner, no idea, no one stopped me or said anything, but, but you know, a simple mistake like that could 
cost you your life. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a bit of a reality check. Yeah, while we're all celebrating our almost free lifestyle of cannabis culture, there's still people who are unjustly being murdered. And I think that a lot of the people in those very same countries are being trafficked for cannabis jobs. So yeah. while we're on the subject of cannabis jobs, we must also remember, and I know that the UK is notorious for that. Mm. I don't know whether I'm a, a, you know, a victim of the media and, and all of that because the UK are also notorious for their, their hatred of skunk. You know, they go on and on about <laughs> skunk, skunk and that's one. not, yeah, and skunk number one and all of this, uh, how, you know, skunk is going to kill you and whatever. Um, there's also this whole thing of cannabis farms in the UK and how people are trafficked from these very countries where there's the death penalty um, to, uh, you know, and that's also a form of a cannabis job and I think that if we can push for saner drug policies around the world, that is why Fields of Green for All is internationally connected. It's because we've got to say our little bit for those people who are still enslaved over there. It's a bit of, yeah, as I said, reality check. A bit of a reality check. And I think that we've also got um, our other reality check specialist, Charles. I'm not yeah. sure. I think uh, we will get him on the line shortly. And uh, he is coming to us, I think, from Stellenbosch tonight. And um, he's going to be talking to us about... Unlocking Gauteng's cannabis economy and specifically in uh, the regulatory framework. Uh, also, some uh, talking about the webinars. Yep, that was the webinar that was yesterday. Um, and it was, you know, as with the government, they, they circulated the link for the webinar the day before. Mm -hmm. So, Suresh and Charles took that one, I took the Greenhouse Project one, um, just so that we can spread all of our resources around. So, there we have Charles. Hello, Charles. Hello, Hi, brother. Everyone. How are you doing? So, yeah, it's webinar week this week. There's about three webinars a day at the moment. I can hardly keep up. I think we're going to miss the next one, which is in one minute. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yesterday's webinar was very interesting. Um, I must say I was very happy to see that so many people from so many different directions of government have come together and are trying to make things work. Um, they all, a lot, a lot of them are new to the, to the field because it's cannabis and a lot of them have all kinds of priorities and agendas and they have to learn very quickly uh, what to prioritize and where to start. So I really have to give them that. They're doing pretty well for what they are attempting. But uh, that said, I say there was little focus on uh, three things I saw that was lacking was uh, small and rural farmers were not really mentioned because there was hampering on about the hemp permits mm. and the issue of the police ongoingly uh, arresting people all the time still for any amount of cannabis in any space. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the private clubs were not uh, mentioned at all. Um, they are going to have more webinars um, and they will be inviting more people from different uh, places. Um, I, I did say that uh, they should invite Fields of Green, so hopefully we'll be in the next one. But I think they did well, and, and these webinars have experts and also the general public hanging out there. So that there are people that want to learn, and then there are people that want to depart uh, with their knowledge there. And I think it's a very good platform for that. And uh, um, this may hopefully speed up the process, because we're definitely behind in the race. And if we have uh, policy in South Africa, uh, regulations that are not fair, 
and inclusive of everybody, then we're going to burn our fingers because this plant won't let it be uh, pushed around. You know, we, we have to do the right thing. Otherwise, it's going to be too late to do it in two, three years. Now is the time. It's a crucial moment. Do it properly from the start. Don't have to go back and reinvent the wheel. Yeah, people, that we mustn't bury our heads in the sand. And don't be in a hurry, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, Charles, thank you for such a lovely, short, sweet summary. Um, to the point, I think everyone can also go um, find out more information from those webinars online. There's so much information online right now. Yeah, so <laughs> it's overloaded, like it is so an overload. So take your time, you know, roll yourselves a joint. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're watching the Hotbox Show, don't forget to like, share, share subscribe. Time. We've run a little bit over time tonight, but we do have Ricky with one uh, last high five and a little bit of a unicorn hunting uh, tracking update. Do we have Ricky? Awesome. Well, I think that, um, I think that as Charles was just saying, it's this, it's this regulatory framework. That's always what it comes down to. And these hemp permits, this is also completely tied to the job opportunities that we've been speaking about tonight. Um, because as our second answer to our, our second option in our poll is, are you waiting for there to be a proper regulatory framework? Are you waiting? I think it's the third option on the poll. Are you waiting for a proper, proper regulatory framework to come um, Including THC. Including um, THC. <laughs> including THC, <laughs> you see, before you're going to look for a job opportunity within the cannabis industry. And I think that these hemp permits have been a huge stumbling block because they seem to be a bit of an abstract concept. Wouldn't you agree with me, Ricky? Can you hear us? <laughs> I can, Mertz. Oh, hello, Mother Green, Captain and Green. hello, Hotbox Crew. <laughs> yeah, don't know what to do with my hands, so I'll go like that. Um, <laughs> great to be uh, on, a, on, a, on a full moon Thursday. Oh, it's beautiful. But I, I, yeah, beautiful this side too, man. Thanks for having me again. I know we're running over time, so we probably have to go quickly. Yeah, so we think that we think, think that I'm, these hemp permits um, are a bit of an abstract concept. People don't really know what they entail. And two weeks ago, when we had to cancel the show, we actually had you standing by to tell us about these. And so we decided to just bring you in tonight, so you can just bring us into a bit of a picture. What are these hemp permits? What is the story that's going around? Because the the heavily redacted copy of one of the permits that that you've seen. Um, seems to as signed by the Department of, of Health. And what are these research permits? Thanks, Mertz. I mean, that, that's such a pertinent question, particularly at this time right now, right? Because all we're hearing about is that from October, there will be a hemp permitting scheme of sorts. Mm -hmm. um, they say uh, publicly that it will be issued through the Department of Agriculture. The other permits, of course, that have been issued for the last 20 years have been issued under the Medicines Act. Um, so th there's nothing, no hand has been shown yet as to these permits that will purportedly be available from October, what, what they shall look like. Uh, and I mean, that in itself is a really big question because October is just around the corner. You would expect some kind of amendments to the agricultural pieces of legislation or new legislation dealing with the issuing of industrial cannabis or hemp permits 
under ag agricultural legislation. So yeah, much is to, still needs to be told eh, and seen. Uh, but with all that said, to think that come October, you'll be able to apply for a hemp permit is just uh, ludicrous in the extreme because SARPRA have already publicly stated that they will not be issuing industrial cannabis or hemp permits under the Medicines Act. Arguably, they've never been allowed to ever issue them. Uh, that's probably a whole hot box show in itself. It has been, so, I think. I get, uh, <laughs> Many a hot box show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, at the moment now, it's in uh, a state of flux, lots of smoke, um, many small fires. But what I can say about the permits that were issued by SOPRA for the 2019 year is that there's kilograms of cannabis sitting that can't be moved, that was grown for research. Uh, certain parties perhaps had good intentions. Of course, uh, a lot of that cannabis has filtered its way into the black market and just been dumped literally. Yeah. And these are the real risks with when it comes to permits and licenses, you know. Uh, been told by reliable sources that close to, I think, about 80 kilograms has been dumped on the Cape Town market, and that's very sophisticated cannabis clearly grown by a master grower, to borrow Louis' nondescript term from earlier, um, which means it must be coming from licensed uh, SARPA facilities, you know. Bearing in mind, we've only had, uh, I think, one lawful export of, of cannabis out of 16 SARPA license holders. So, yeah, the unicorns. Oh, eh? yeah, yeah, the unicorns. Yeah. Whoop, 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 Unicorn whoop, hunting, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally know of all facilities that went black more. They went straight to black more. So, Ricky, thank you. Thank you so much for enlightening us on, on that. So, we've got these hemp research permits and then we've got these potential hemp cultivation permits that are coming up in October and you know life goes by so quickly and before you know it will be October and then what is it going to be legal to grow hemp and then the hemp is going to be grown in every uh, you know every second field and it's going to pop it's going to pollinate all of it's going to pollinate all of our beautiful greenhouse grows all over the place so we don't know there's just too we many questions know. wouldn't you say hey brother green uh, yeah, too many questions. Lots of answers, though. I'll tell you, uh, my clients, deep in Amapondo, um, have a strategy waiting uh, for the first inclination of, of any type of legislation that deals with hemp, uh, particularly if it's going to be ushered into the Eastern Cape and our real heritage-growing regions. Uh, at the end of the day, and I think I've said it here before, you know, hemp, hemp is not a plant. It's yeah. a specific use of cannabis. So... We need to really adopt the one plant philosophy, um, let the farmer grow, whatever the cultivar of cannabis yeah. he wants to grow, uh, and then regulate it at the end, you know. It's yep. for that particular purpose that the, the Medicines Act doesn't mention the word cultivation because uh, you don't cultivate medicines. Not saying cannabis isn't a medicine, but under the Medicines Act, cultivation doesn't appear because you manufacture medicines, you make them in laboratories. So. We really uh, need a paradigm shift um, that, to that how we view cannabis. I do, believe, I do believe that following from the, the NEDLAC uh, meeting, which took place yesterday, and I can confirm it did take place, I, did? Although I don't okay. know what was said, but I do, I do know that uh, there will be very broad public participation process after that. It has been uh, demanded, it's clearly 
required in terms of our constitutional democracy. And I guess that's what we've got to look forward to, you know? Yeah. Let's not uh, even concern ourselves with all the smoke. Uh, grass does attract snakes. Um, let's keep our eye on the prize, work within the law as it is, um, and, and one day at a time, you know, yeah. we'll get there. Thank while, you. And while doing that, we'll, we'll overgrow the government. There we go. Thank you. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. And I think that that is um, really the thing, is that we cannot be in a hurry. Stop saying that, oh, Lesotho is much further ahead of us than us. I think that we need to take it slowly, one day at a time, as, as, as Ricky said. So if you're looking for a job in um, the so-called legal hemp industry for a legal hemp grow, I think you need to maybe just wait a while. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be industrial cannabis is far more complicated than uh, even medical cannabis. So um, Brother Green, thank you so much for joining us from just outside Jay Bay. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to see you next month. Whoop, we're going to see you next month. Down your yeah, side of the world. Thank you. And Thank you, guys. But, and, and on that, just on that, Mertz, um, we South Africa hasn't missed the boat. We, no. I think, we're at the right place. We've seen what's happened in the capital markets in Canada, America. You see what's happening in Europe now. There's been a massive smokescreen, too much money, bullshit, talking. Now this plant is fighting back, talking back. Look at what's happening in California. Look at what happened today. Um, I think it was in Thailand around the, the, the land race cultivars. Um, at the end of the day, we know it. If you if you disrespect this plant, you will get hurt. Yeah. Lots of yeah. people have been hurt. They'll continue to to be hurt um, until they put the plant in their people first. So thank you guys for everything you do. As always, it's a pleasure to support you. And I can't wait still to be in that studio in person again. The yeah. new studio. We'll put you we'll put you in the hot seat here. Okay, much yeah. love. Uh, you can come and present for us next time you come to visit. Definitely. Yeah. I think so. Thanks, Ricky. And yeah. I think that uh, thanks everyone for watching. We're definitely gonna wrap up. Uh, don't forget the poll, we are not giving you the results. Cool, cheers so, guys. Thank you, Ricky. Bye. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, so go vote in our poll, um, you can uh, tell us whether you are living the weed dream, still trying to find something, if you're going to contact Lori, our uh, studio guest tonight, but also a quick shout out to our affiliates, uh, thank you to you guys for supporting us and please also support them, you can find them on the website fieldsofgreenforall.org.za forward slash sa-affiliates. Uh, go and support those who support legalization and fields of green because if you didn't hear it tonight with all the talk We are the people that actually make things happen and uh, are the ones you know suing the government and fighting for everyone and fields of green for all So don't forget to like share subscribe to the YouTube channel our Facebook our Instagram uh, Don't forget Laurie is ninthwave.co.za with the number nine. With the number nine, with the number nine. And uh, the poll is open all week, so vote. And that has been me, uh, Indigo Girl. Find me on Instagram and stay warm and wise. Oh, thank you very much and light one up for Jules. Yeah, I can't forgive you. Thank you so much no. for having me. Know your rights. Know your rights. What is Joe? Joe's disappeared. Um, yeah, no. What do I normally say? Stay safe and choose happy. Stay safe and choose happy. <laughs> Thanks,